1: The fun thing about football in our game is that over time things evolve, the rules evolve, and it allows you to be able to use tools that hadn't been used before. And that's what we're going to talk about on today's podcast and Joining me to discuss that is the tight ends coach and technology coordinator at Dutch Fork High School in Irmo, South Carolina, Douglas Rivers. Coach, it's great to have you here today.
0: Thanks, Keith. Glad to join you. Big fan of the program. You know, followed you as you gone through your podcast and stuff. So nice to be here.
1: Well coach, you guys are are doing an outstanding job at Dutch Fork. You had one of the Longest winning streaks in the country. Unfortunately, come to an end here in the 2021 season in the state championship game where you guys finished finished as runner-up. Been six-time South Carolina state champs, and you guys have really reached uh, national prominence. I know, I think, last year being ranked as high as number nine in the country, you've been on ESPN and some of those big games, so... Dutch Fork is definitely a program that's been on top and has had a lot of success. And you've been a part of it for 20 years. So if you would, share a little bit about your program that I missed here, fill in some of the blanks, as well as your involvement there.
0: At Dutch Fork, we have Coach Tom Knotts as our head coach, who was the national coach of the year last year. He uh, kind of brought about a change in expectations, which we always felt was one of the main ingredients that you had to fix first when you're trying to create a winning culture. And when he took over our previous two seasons were two and nine. His first season we immediately reached the nine and two mark and it was quite a celebration for us. But we we talked about how that wasn't really where we wanted to be as an end goal. We wanted to win championships. And we had always said that within three years we were gonna be in the championship game, which we we did. And then after that we talked about when we won our first one that we're gonna we're going to win a couple of them. We're going to go on a run here, and, and we, we have. We've been really fortunate. The coaching staff that we've had in place has been outstanding. We've got a, a lot of guys that are former head coaches, former coordinators. Of course, with Coach Knotts and his history, where he was the independents and had the longest winning streak in the nation for public schools, where he coached guys like Chris Leak and, and those that went on to national prominence. He brought about a, a sense of legitimacy to to what we were trying to do. So it's been a it's been a fun
1: ride. As you guys have evolved, I think the most important part to talk about here is that shift in culture and the expectations that went along with it. Tell us a little bit about the most important parts of your culture and what's been able to get you guys to this point where you are now as as really a nationally recognized program. We
0: hadn't had a lot of guys that have gone on to be Division One Power Five recruits. We we typically have a, a lot of really hardworking kids that are just average size. We think the world of them. We think they're great, but for some reason we just we're not heavily recruited by colleges, and we feel like the the culture carries us through a lot of of what we try to do. The expectations that are put in place in the program, where everybody really just buys into doing your job, and if if something happens where it becomes a next man up situation, then we're ready for that too. We don't have a large amount of kids in our program. With the rule changes a couple of years ago in South Carolina, we we don't have the, the luxury of having 90 people on the sideline like some of the other bigger schools that we have, although we are in the biggest division in South Carolina. We typically have about 40 to 45 on our sideline on a Friday night, but when we first talked to our kids about changing the culture, we said, you got to buy into the weight room. That was the number one thing, and whether it was Preseason, in season in-season, it didn't matter. We were going to lift and we were going to be strong and we were going to close that gap. And then afterwards, we talked about how we had to take seven-on-seven opportunities to learn to be competitive. We would take the summer opportunities to go in those seven-on-seven tournaments and, and really teach the kids to compete and learn to win. And and we pushed track as a program for speed. We don't necessarily have a speed program as much as we, we push the idea that these kids will learn to compete and be one-on-one and get faster through track season. So we pushed that program as well. When we hit on all those things, then we start to see some changes happen and they were, they're pretty amazing how fast that the changes went into place. So here we are now with our, coming off of a loss in the state championship and we're, we're talking to our kids about starting another streak we don't really dwell on the street but we want it to be you know something that motivates them is that we want to win every day not just in the games but in practice and weightlifting we always want to compete and get better each day
1: it's been an incredible run you know for anybody to have that kind of a streak in any sport is incredible and i'm sure it's been fun to be a part of that as well winning is always fun i'm sure it's fun for you it's fun for the kids One of the things that you brought up before we got going and, you know, kind of a main subject of what we're going to talk about here today is you guys really look at whatever is available to you, whether that's changes in the rules, whether that's technology, you're going to use whatever is available that can benefit you and help you guys win games. I'm sure that's a big part of why you've been able to stay on top.
0: Absolutely. So in the off season, what I tend to do is I tend to research what's out there that's you know, within the rules so that we can make sure that we're using all of the tools that we have that are ready to be able to get better. And if it's something we feel like we can implement and it's something that will benefit us, then it's something that we typically pursue. So with technology, as those things have kind of come to be adopted throughout the state of South Carolina, we uh, we bought into the instant replay, the sideline systems where you can go in and you can start to see some of the film that you've had during the game and make corrections in game. We film our practices to make sure that we can make corrections each day in that, and it becomes part of our daily routine. Our kids are going to lift every day, they're going to practice every day, and they're going to they're going to watch film every day, and that's just part of our Dutch sport routine.
1: The changes which happened around 2012 in the rules allowed technology on the sideline, and at the time I was at the college level, this was something that really excited me. Uh, in fact, I had written an article, I think a year or two before that, before these things even came about, about just using technology and practice, right? To to have a better practice. I, I never envisioned that it would be allowed in the game. I thought it, really, it was really cool that it was. Then that came about. And you know, what's interesting to me is there are still programs out there that haven't adopted the use of this technology yet. I know sometimes that budgets get in the way, but I can say both from having used it at the college level, I actually used it in practice, and we weren't allowed to use it in the game but I was able to help out a high school program here the last few years and you know would sit up in in the box and look at what was going on and I was you know every time I saw that I was just amazed at how much you could see and make those adjustments on the fly so you you did say that you guys are going to use things. If it benefits you, and that's kind of the the measuring stick is how this is this going to benefit our program, and essentially help us win games, help us put our players in a place for success. So let's start at the beginning of this. the The rules change, and I know you you had an interesting system there at the beginning. You guys, I, I guess, would be called early adopters. You were on this right away. But tell us about that first system you used.
0: Yeah. So everybody, when the when the rule changed, we weren't quite ready. I think uh, the industry was trying to catch up with what the rule was saying was allowed. So there were a lot of people that were early companies that tried to put out sideline systems. And the sideline system that we had was essentially a security system, which you would see in a home. And the controller who would be at the top that would have to have feeds into the cameras, he would have to be the one that would have to be on a headset that would rewind, fast forward, play, slow play, all that kind of stuff. And he'd have to do it from up top while talking to someone down below. So you can imagine how frustrating it was for the people on the field that were saying, "Slow down, rewind, stop right there." I mean, it it got to be it got to be really cumbersome and it was tough, but but it was useful at the same time. So we could see where the future was was going with this technology. And then slowly we started doing some research and we looked around and we saw that there's a company out there, Sportscope, that was developing some really cutting-edge stuff that seemed to be much more user-friendly, and uh, we we jumped on that technology next, and, and we've been with them ever since, and it's been a very great partnership.
1: I know you said in this process that you would spend the time and you sit down and interview these different companies as you were looking at what was out there and then finally arriving at where you're at with SportsCope. But tell us a little bit about that process and I guess the things you use to evaluate and determine what was the best path for you guys.
0: Typically what happens is, you know, you hook up with a sales rep from somebody and and you get them to answer as many of the questions as they can. And then somewhere along the line, you talk to somebody that's more on the IT side of things where they can answer a little bit more of your questions. But when I was looking at things, I I really bombarded them with questions, uh, the companies I talked to. And I wanted to make sure that the range was good so that no matter what size stadium we were going to play in, which we played in some pretty large stadiums, including williams Bryce Stadium in South Carolina that seats around 85,000. And we wanted to make sure that if we were in the booth, that we would have a strong enough signal to be able to get to the sideline, whether it was the home sideline, the away sideline, to be able to not have any breaks, breakdowns in what our game day routine was going to be based on what what was available with the system we also wanted to make sure that the power situation was one where we could be portable we you know in high school you never know what you're going to run into you get to some places where there may be power outlets you get to other places where you know they have situations where they hadn't updated their electrical system and and you need to really work off of battery and generators and things like that so we wanted something that was portable that had great battery life, that was going to be able to be used in certain weather conditions that we run into in in our state. We were really happy when we found out that FortScope was able to kind of check off all those boxes for us.
1: Yeah, having the technology is one thing, but when it becomes cumbersome, you kind of start to shy away from it. I see a lot of people, you know, even drop some of the technology. As an example, you talked about that first system, which was very cumbersome but I guess you guys had the vision to see that this this will improve and this is something we want to do. So you stuck with it. Along the way, I'm sure you guys have developed a process for how you use this from everything from making sure it's, it's packed up and put away the right way to that it gets on the bus for road games or the truck or, or whatever you guys might use and then set up and execution of how you use it on game day. So let's talk through that a little bit and you know what have become really, I guess, the best practices for you, as you've learned along the way.
0: In pregame, if it's an away game, we have a, a checklist of things that we need to get on the uh, packing list of, of of technology and things like that. So we just go straight through our checklist. We've got a little crew of student uh, managers. I actually have one that started last year, RJ Mundy, Who, you know, every school's got a a group of kids that really just want to be involved. You just got to tap into that source. Yeah. But he's taken on the role of our student manager and he's been a big help with making sure that the things get packed. We we purchased a trailer this year, which has made things tremendously easier to be able to put everything in and then tow it to the place. Our trailer set up. We're really proud of it. We, we've got a little cutout so that we can fold this out, keep it rainproof and, and extend the TV out through an opening and, and house everything on the inside as well. And then, That way, when we get there, the only thing that's necessary for us to unpack is our end zone camera and our press box cameras. Outside of that, everything else can stay inside that trailer. Now, for the, the crew that typically does the packing, it only takes about, you know, three people to really be efficient getting things on and getting things off. Outside of that, I've found that if you get too many hands involved, then you start to have some issues, especially if they're not experienced with what you're trying to do in the pregame with the setup and things like that. So having a student manager that can kind of spearhead that or having a coach that can oversee it at least initially definitely helps to make sure that things get done the right way. And then, of course, having a strong customer support system with the uh, company that you're going to use is also equally important because you don't want to get in the middle of nowhere in a crucial game and you're reliant on this system and, and suddenly have a problem that can't be fixed. So you definitely want to make sure that the customer support's there as well to be able to help you.
1: Yeah, I know as the technology has evolved, it it, it has it usually does happen at a, a faster pace than everybody is really ready for. I can remember back to the first days of Huddle, you know, on on the weekends, spending time with tech support and this is down or that's down or we're not going to have our film for like four hours or whatever it might be. So <laughs> so that portion of it that you have somebody that you can rely on is is so important. I can remember being so frustrated by that. But you know, especially if if you're talking game day and needing needing support, whatever it might be on game day, I think that's an important thing. Coach, moving ahead to game day setup, home or away, what you know, you you're still going to use a similar setup on the Sidelines, but uh, talk us through what that looks like for you guys as far as the physical setup of your system.
0: Like I said, everything is housed in our trailer. So if it's a home game, we have a track that's right behind our field. And what we do is on the 50 yard line, we park that trailer with cutout of the TV facing the field. We have a, a tent set up that's about 15 by 15 that we can put the players under so that, you know, if it's blazing heat, they at least get some out of the sun during the they're in between the series. And then if it's raining, we're, we're kind of protected and sheltered under that for a little bit. And then once we have the trailer in place and we've got it powered up with the TV and all, we go to the setup of the uh, press box system. So up top, we have uh, two camera operators, one that runs the wide and one that runs the tight. And and I and I keep my student manager up there too, to kind of oversee what's, what's happening and make sure that Anything that needs to be uh troubleshot can be handled pretty quickly. And then once we get the press box set up and powered up, then the next thing we move to is the end zone system. And we've got an end zone tower that that goes to about 30 feet that we put just inside the hash. And once we have it set up, because the way that it is with SportsCope, we don't have to have a man that operates it. It'll, it'll run off of AI and, and it'll film the game. We just have to have one person that's the iPad operator, just be able to hit start and stop. And that person that's hitting start and stop is actually starting and stopping every camera that's connected to the system, which for us is the wide and the end zone. We could do the tight. We, we've talked about doing the tight and, and we, we played with doing it in the past. We just, we just kind of went away from it because since our sideline replay system is app-based, we don't need the type because we can zoom in and zoom out on the app. You know, you just do the normal thing with your fingers where you squeeze and pinch and, and it'll zoom in and zoom out. So we're fine with that setup. And then the last piece to our setup is to put the antenna on the sideline, which we normally put somewhere around the 20 yard line. And that kind of triangulates to our three antennas, the one that's up top, which is connected to the wide. And then the one at the bottom, which is connected to the end zone, and then we've got our sideline that kind of relays everything and sends the, the shot on over to the TV so that we can, you know, study film and make corrections in game.
1: So I, I got to back you up a little bit. You did say one thing there that don't want to gloss over. I think it's important is you mentioned AI, right? Artificial intelligence right. in in the camera. So in your picture that you're getting, uh, I know the biggest frustration for me in training cameramen and you know, getting opponent film, et cetera, was, it wasn't focused in the right place. You didn't get, you know, if it was the press box view, you didn't see where the safeties were sometimes, or maybe where, you know, the outside receivers were. If it was the uh, end zone view, again, maybe the, there was somebody cut out of the picture. It wasn't, again, focused right in, in terms of what was in the picture. So talk to us about what Cam Assist does with SportsCope.
0: Yeah, so with uh, the SportsCope one, we can set different settings. We can do things like tell it to go a little bit wider, go a little bit tighter. It depends on what you want to shoot. And in fact, it has a manual override, too, where if you're not happy with what you're seeing, the user that's on the iPad as kind of like you can think of them as the master controller, where he he can go in there and he can adjust the shot however you want. But we found that the AI is going to focus on what we want to focus on, which at Dutch when we have an end zone shot, we really want to see the, the blocking. We want to see the box. So we're not as concerned about getting wide enough to see the receivers and things like that. We, we want to see what, what technique they're in, how they played this, you know, we we want to get a tight tight shot of uh, what's happening in the box. Now with certain situations, there was a, there was a state championship game we played a couple of years ago and it was a torrential downpour and it was, it was, the the craziest weather that we've played a state championship game in, the wind was, was howling. It was gusting 30, 40 miles an hour. And the other team was out there with the older systems from from another company where they had to have somebody standing at the end zone camera and, mm-hmm. and operate it by hand out there. Right. And we're looking and we're laughing and we're going, look at that guy out there. We're sitting up here and, you know, as dry as we can be enjoying ourselves and our camera systems just powering right through, you know, like no no issue with any of it. And uh, the funny thing was that guy stayed out there through the terrible weather. And then after the game, they found out that it didn't capture any of the film. They had to email us for a copy of our film afterwards. (laughs) So here we were with the AI that filmed the system, and and we ended up having a better copy with no one running it than they did with a person down there at the end zone.
1: That's an incredible benefit of of something like this. That's where, you know, when I did a little research before we got going, was so impressed with being able to have a system that does that, that's going to be taking care of that view. As I mentioned before, I can't tell you how many times as as a coach at the high school level and college level being frustrated with, you know, the the next day, the film that I had to look at that was focused in the wrong place. And and then, like you said, right, being able to, the your guy who's standing out there certainly isn't going to be uh, able to do his best job if he's, you know, standing in a downpour or Rain or as you get into the northern states, you know, snow, sleet, all those things.
0: One of the benefits that we also saw besides just keeping a person out of the weather, the more you eliminate a person from the process, the, the more accurate that your your product's going to be at the end. So whereas, you know, you're going to have volunteers typically in a high school setting. You don't have the benefit that college programs do of entire camera staffs to go through and do things for you uh, during the practices and during the games we're dealing with volunteers and, and these are typically kids. Well, kids are going to be on their cell phones. They're going to be texting. They're going to be doing a lot of things besides, you know, focusing on what they're supposed to do for the, the two and a half, three hours that your game lasts. So in the past we would have clips that were missed. The the film would just be way off in certain situations, but now because we have a system that can catch capture things in game, we can make those adjustments and address them right then. So our film is what we want it to be when we finish the game and we go back and we're studying and we're grading and things like that.
1: Coach, I know you said over time your role has changed too, where you were a guy who was up in the press box looking at these things. Coach Knott was on the phone with you, and now you've come down to the sidelines to be able to essentially execute with this technology on game day. So talk to us a little bit about your process when a, a series is over and you have your few minutes to go over it with your guys, you know, what are you going to do to make the most use of that time and get them the information they need in order to be successful in the next series?
0: With my changeover in my role, Coach Knox has moved me down to the field so that he can always be at the field, kind of watching what's going on, whether it's defense, special teams or offense. And that, that allows me when the offense is off the field to, to address some of the issues that we just had in the previous series. So, Every once in a while you get teams that, you know, you've studied film all week and you prep for them to be in one type of alignment and get to a game. And it's something totally different. You know, they may get us on the first series, but with this technology, we're now able to make quick adjustments. There's a whiteboard feature that I can access through the app. I can draw directly on the film and, and I can draw the blocking schemes. I can talk about splits and alignment. I can make all these corrections right then so that on the very next series, I can, I can get this stuff fixed. But most of the time what I'm doing is I'm, I'm, I'm reviewing the previous series, and I go play by play, and I go position by position, just like if it was uh, for us in high school a Sunday that we're meeting and going over the game film. So if, if we're in a situation where we know what we want to do the next series, then I may pull up the formations if we've got enough of them on film and say, look, here, here's what we're going to see in this formation. This has typically been their coverage, their alignment, how they tried to attack us with pressure. And this is what we want to do. So I can, I can draw up exactly how we want to attack what they have going into the next series as well.
1: And looking at the physical setup of your players, I, I know, you know pre-technology where we're just sitting on the sideline with a whiteboard, we would we would go over and have a proce- procedure process how these guys were gonna sit as an example. You know, our our linemen would sit exactly like they would be on the field, you know, with the center in the middle, guards then and, and the tackles on the appropriate side. What have been some of the best things you have found to create that organization and structure for these guys so it's just not chaos on the sideline and people talking over each other?
0: Yeah. So when we come to the sideline and it's our offense, we we've got a little semicircle of chairs that are put around the TV setup. And what we do is we put the linemen on the first level. On the second level, we put our skill players, and then on the third player, third level, we put the first subs in that will uh, contribute possibly in the next series. And then outside of that, anybody else involved is is standing around. So. I'll be at the TV with the iPad connected to it. I'll be the one that kind of commands and dictates things as we go through the procedure. The other coaches, the offensive coaches, will be there as well, but they'll be at the back with the other players standing so they can see the film with us. And when we go through, it's, it's so much easier if you just have one person that talks and directs things. If you, if you start having a lot of guys chiming in, then it becomes chaos. But, you know, we, we, we treat it just like it's a classroom. And we've always found that the the best coaches are also the best teachers. And when we, when we think of it that way, we end up kind of getting our ducks in a row and we're able to stay focused on our agenda, make corrections, and then get ready for the next series with one person at the helm and everybody else listening at the end. If they have questions, then we take the questions individually. That way it doesn't create confusion. Cause you know, sometimes a kid may ask something that's just totally off the wall. And, uh, doesn't have any relevance to what you're working on and it just creates confusion among the rest. So we, we try to pull them away from the crowd and answer whatever they have as questions separately.
1: And then I imagine with your setup, those chairs are, are going on the road as well. Those are getting on the trailer.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. We, uh, we pack those things up for home and away games. We have the same setup everywhere we go. And um, we have that same set of about 15 to 16 chairs that we, we lay out. And we just like you mentioned, we we sit them the way that they should sit in their groups. You know, the centers in the middle, the guards on each side, and you know you, you sit where you play. So that we address it the same way you had mentioned before.
1: Have, have there been any things that you know over time? I guess you you've you've been able to troubleshoot. I know you guys say you have a, a, a tent there. I know initially when we we didn't have an instant replay system at first in practice, we had an iPad that we'd film you know, like our inside run, and then take our lineman over during a special teams period and watch it. And, you know, glare was immediately one of those first concerns. So anything from that to, uh, I guess, any uh, of the other things that you've had to troubleshoot and figure out over time?
0: Yeah, we, we've seen people that, uh, and we, we kind of learn from them, and we learn from our mistakes as well. We, we make changes as we go through. But um, we started out with a 32-inch TV, and, you know, at the time, that that's quite a large tv but as, as time's going on we we realize that that just wasn't nearly large enough to to be able to be viewable clearly for for everybody at every position so we, we get as large of a tv as we possibly can i think the one we have right now is the 65 inch and like you said glare does become an, an issue unless it's covered so we we always try to keep it under the tent and um we've got the the trailer set up where we can flip the TV out, but as we flip it out, there's a door overhead of it to, to keep it shaded. Now, the, the our biggest frustration was when we first started, we wanted to do it just like we would a Sunday meeting where we had our laser pointer. We can point at things and, and things like that to be able to talk about certain people and positions and stuff and bring their attention to it. But with the newer technology and the t- TVs, you, you're not able to to point a laser pointer at it because it absorbs the light so now we we go through and i'm able to zoom in and zoom out on the app and focus them in on stuff like that by using the drawing portion of it so that that was our adaptation for that and then with the end zone camera you know you want to be as weatherproof as you possibly can and you never know when you're gonna get a downpour or or anything else related to you with weather so having those rain hoods and things like that available and ready to go. A lot of times I just go ahead and tell our, our people in the setup, just go ahead and put it on it and let's let's just be ready in case something crazy happens. And then during halftime, if it's a home game, we have and we're really blessed by our district that that we have a, a room so close to the to the stadium where we can do this. We have a uh, auditorium like room with a projector and it must be like a 20 foot screen i mean it's quite large it's like being in a theater and with the sports scope stuff i'm i'm been fast enough that i can upload our first half of the football game onto huddle by the time we get up there to the projector room it'll be on huddle it'll be odk'd it'll have any of the other tags that i've decided i want to put on it which typically is formation and things like that and we can go back through and we can highlight things that we had to rush through in the first half in between the series we can we can have a film session during halftime and really get things fixed. So coming out of halftime, we've done a, we feel like we've done a great job making adjustments because of being able to do things like that.
1: How do you translate that on the road? Obviously, you're in control. You, you know exactly what you're going to have every time at a home game. Do you do those things on the road? And if so, how?
0: So on the road, the adjustment that we make is we bring all of the iPads that we had hooked into the system which for us is usually either four or five, and we bring them into the whatever halftime room that we're placed into in an away game, and we sit by positions. If the coordinator wants to take one and, and sit away from everybody and study for a second before he starts talking to people, then you know they can do that. But typically, we, we, we place everybody by position. We, we go address the offensive line. We get a chance to slow it down and redraw things again for them, and it gives us a moment to study. The skill players get to go back and look at the wide angle only because, you know, as we look at the end zone copy, it's, it's more focused on the blocking and the scheme that we're seeing up front. So they get to go over there and just see the wide copy and, and talk about what coverage they're seeing, how this guy might be playing press bill and, and how we need to attack them with, with our route running and things like that. And then the defense defense can go sit kind of the same way. The guys that are involved in the box go sit together and they can go back and look at the film and then the DBs go uh, in a different location and they, they look at film on that iPad as well.
1: Last thing, I guess, in terms of the halftime, limited amount of time there. So how do you guys break up the amount of time that you have in, in reviewing and in making adjustments You know, to those final words maybe that Coach Knotts has before they head back out there? Uh, what's the the schedule like for you guys so that you get everything done in an efficient, effective way?
0: So kind of like what you would see at a practice, everything is scripted and it's based off of the time that's on the clock. And uh, what I'll do is I I do two things. I I make a um, halftime and a pregame script on game days so that we can efficiently move through everything that we need to. That way you never get hung up on time. And we have a guy that's uh, kind of our back-and-forth guy that lets us know what time's left on the, on the clock. Because you may run into a situation in high school where your halftime's a little bit different than you thought. They may be a homecoming. There may be some other kind of thing that they are recognizing someone. And, and the clock may be a little bit different than what you think. But in general, what we have is when we go to halftime, Coach Knotts addresses the team, and he, he rehashes some of the things that he saw during the half that need to be fixed and, and we, we dwell on things that need to be fixed. We we tend not to talk about the things we do well because when we when we talk about the things that we do well, then it, it's not helping us progress. So we're, we're trying to fix things that we weren't doing well. And in that two to three minutes of his talk, the rest of us are kind of starting to pass around the iPad, get the film sorted to where it needs to be so that we can see what we need to see. And then we start moving towards our groups. And then after that, we usually have five to six minutes where we can talk to our groups. And then in our state, there's always a little buzzer that lets you know that there's two minutes left. And that's the time where we transition back to the film for a warm up. At that point, we move the iPads back into position so that our system's ready to go to finish up the uh, second half.
1: Coach, to wrap things up, I know when, especially you haven't looked at the technology before, uh, but maybe even if you're looking at an upgrade, a lot of these companies, look alike. And you mentioned your process before of how you were going to look at things. I guess as you've gone through this, uh, you did land on SportsCope. What were the things you felt that really set them apart from everything else you saw?
0: When I talked to the companies, what, what stood out when I talked to SportsCope was as I had questions, they passed me directly over to the owner, Derek Taylor, who then addressed all the questions I had. And you could tell he really knew his system inside and out. And then they also put me in touch with uh, Jeff Waller, who did a lot of the programming and, and setting up the system and stuff. And between those two guys, I was able to find out everything that I needed to about the system. Whereas with the other companies, you know, the the sales rep that you typically talk to at the beginning, you know, they they know what they need to know in order to kind of give you the general information, and that's great, but. When you really need to get down to, you know, the nuts and bolts of things, you, you got to talk to the people that are involved in making the system. And this was the only company that really passed me to, to somebody that could answer those questions. And I was super impressed by that. I was really impressed by the price that they were able to provide for a system that did as much as it could. And I was also really excited that they were receptive to suggestions I had. Uh, sometimes during the off season, I'll contact them and I'll talk to them about things that that I ran into that maybe need to be addressed in the next iteration of their software. And, and a lot of times they're working on it already. It's, it's amazing how much they kind of inherently just understand what you need to be able to be successful on a Friday night or uh, where, whatever night you typically play on, but, and, and how much they take into account what you have to say for, for things that you need to be successful. I know with uh, one iteration, they added statistics into the system, which was amazing. And then in another one, they added the uh, the field into it so I could draw directly onto it to make adjustments on the film. That, that kept me from having to bring a whiteboard every week and draw on a whiteboard for the kids. Things like that just may, really made them stand apart. They're always seeing like they're trying to do something to be better, and they always seem to be at the forefront of it. Like, I, I still think they might be the only company out there that has an end zone camera that doesn't require a person that runs, you know, strictly off of the AI from the end zone. Yeah. It's amazing.
1: Coach, just a a tremendous job in how you've walked us through end to end, what the process looks like for making those adjustments at halftime, making those adjustments in game. And as you said before, finding a way to make sure you're getting the maximum benefits out of the things that you use, the tools that you use for, our listeners out there, what would be the best way to connect with you if they have any questions about how they might be able to improve their processes?
0: If they want to contact me, they can uh, shoot me an email. My email is, is accessible through the school website at Dutchportport, but it's D. L. Rivers at lexrich5.org. And then that way we can kind of find a way from there that you want to communicate. And then also if you want to contact, I think SportsCope has a lot of my info, They they could probably shift a lot of people over to me and I can answer questions about their system as as they come up as well.
1: Coach, I really appreciate you taking the time and sharing these details with us and best of luck to you and Dutch Fork in 2022.
0: Thanks, appreciate it.
1: I love when we can get coaches on and share the processes as well as the technology that works best for them. It really helps you guys cut to the chase and figure out where you want to go in the direction You want to take your program with your technology and the different things that are going to help you win on game day, much like Coach Rivers talked about in this podcast. To check out the technology he mentioned here from SportsCope, you can go to SportsCope.com and check out their instant replay and end zone cameras, which have artificial intelligence to help you get the best shot. Again, that's SportsCope.com. Follow me on Twitter at Coach K Grabowski and follow all we're doing at coachandcoordinator.com.